Welcome to another enthralling episode of Those Geeks You Know. Uh, we are down our fearless host, Casey, who is taking the night off. But with me, I have some geeks that you may know. Uh, Lauren, why don't you start by introducing uh, yourself? Yeah, my name's Lauren. Uh, I guess we need to pick up the geeky slack now that Casey's gone, so uh, I'll be extra geeky here for you tonight, hopefully. Awesome. I, I'm I'm Bob. I am the other person who is geeky, and I feel like you guys are going to be extra geeky. So I may back off the geeky just to level it out a little bit. I I feel like with the name, those geeks, you know, we don't need to dial back the geekiness. Like Do, people know what they're going to. Should we introduce ourselves every show because we are those geeks they know? Yeah, but I mean, I feel like if there's any new viewers, which we get a lot of, you know, because blowing up, fastest growing podcast. Um, this side of the Mississippi. This side of the Mississippi. Um, okay. Yeah, I just feel like it's cool to introduce ourselves so they, they can put a name to the voice. So who are you then? I'm Dave, the host with the most. Um, and I'm going to try and do my best Casey impersonation. So that was my horrible <laughs> Casey joke. That was good. Let's just really talk good. about sports. You, you and, sports? Uh, yes, sports ball. Are you well versed? <laughs> if you're, if uh, you're being Casey, you got to talk about sports ball. I'm exactly. moderately well versed on the sports ball. I really like when like uh, the quarterback shoots the three pointer and hits the home run. It's one of my favorite okay. things. Besides when they besides when they score a goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well put. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So our topic today is shows, television shows that we have grown up on or remember from our uh, youth, I would say. Um, personally, with this topic, I included the 90s and the 2000s because I feel like I was still growing up during the 2000s. Um, so hopefully y'all did as well. Um, well, certainly. So I'm going to say we'll start with Lauren today. Okay. Guys, I got a lot of these. So I feel like at the end, I'm just going to like word vomit TV show titles. Um, word vomit. Word so, vomit. Just that'll be the word of the podcast. Vomit. Anytime the viewers at home hear us say word vomit, they have to take a shot. Oh. Or puff. Word vomit. Or, or puff or even edible, like I just did. Um, Anyways. So oh, go ahead, start us off. Lead off hitter. Let's another Casey let's start off. Ball analogy. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, I'm gonna start off with a show that I remember just always being on at my house. Um, usually around dinner time. Um, kind of family show, just on in the background. A little home improvement. Ooh, that's a good one. I didn't even think about that. That's a good one. It, well, it was... Tim Allen, home improvement. Take you guys have heard of it. Also yeah. maybe fans. Never heard of it. It was actually on my list. It was one of my dad's favorite shows growing up. Um, because he pretended to be really handy, but never really was. Uh he's that guy that no matter what he gets, like if he buys like a bookshelf or something, no matter what it is, it's missing some pieces. Um so he really liked the show, which led us to watch it. Plus, like I mean, when I was in school, Jonathan Taylor Thomas was like the heartthrob. So he was your um, crush. He was yeah. my crush. Yeah. No, I used to actually, quick story, I used to sell, you could buy like those poster books, like 
those teen books. And when I was in, I'd have been middle school, I, I would sell the posters to girls that wanted Jonathan Taylor Thomas posters for their room. Um, or I would trade them for my crushes at the time. Um, one of which we'll talk about later. But Lauren, why did you put this on your list? Um, I put it on my list because when I went back to think about even beginning the list, I just tried to think of shows that I could remember all the way back. Um, and like I said, this was just some reason always on. And um, a little bit about me real fast is um, I grew up in Hamlin, or at least I was born. My family lived in Hamlin. Um, and we moved when I was about five or six out to Spencerport. So I tried to remember going back. And I can remember this show on in the background at our house in Hamlin. So I tried to go way back when, at least to start us off. So, and uh, yeah, it seemed to be like, I don't know if it was necessarily a family favorite, but it was definitely always on. My dad really liked it. And I mean, yeah. it's funny. So I liked it too. Yeah, good pick. I mean, I I completely blanked on Home Improvement, even though they were just in the news. Did you hear the most recent information about them? No. So probably not. Tim and Al, um, played by, uh, I don't know, two guys. They Richard, are actually Richard Richard Carn and uh, what's Tim's name? Jeez, how am I slipping? Toolman Taylor. Tim, Tim the Toolman uh, Taylor. Tim yeah. Allen. Tim Allen. Tim Allen. Uh, so they they actually have a show together on. I want to say. I don't know, HDTV or something like that, where they do that like um, like repairs or like tool repairs or whatever. And they they did the circuits uh, promoting their new show. And they were asked, obviously, a half a trillion times about, you know, are they going to you know revamp a home improvement? And both of them said they'd be down for it. Um, so I, I think that's probably definitely in the works. And we'll we'll probably get some sort of announcement in the next six months that they're going to bring it back for a one-off or one season or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that'd be tough because I think Wilson's dead and uh, the oldest son just got arrested for assault, domestic violence or something. But And Jonathan Taylor Thomas has kind of just been out of the spotlight for so long, but maybe. I would definitely watch it. I mean, that show was hilarious, was definitely a family show. Tim Allen is... You know, one of the great comedic actors, especially for TV shows. Uh, Wilson became like an iconic character. Ale became an iconic character. It kind of introduced uh, who was the first, like the display girl. You know what I'm talking about? That they always had like displaying yeah, yeah, the yeah. tools. Wasn't it like Pamela uh, Anderson or something? She, Pamela Anderson was, was one she of was them. She was on yes. it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So like that was one of her first big breaks. So yeah, I mean, this show was a staple like in my house for most of the time that it was uh, on TV. So I, I definitely think this is a great pick, Lauren. So have you guys, this isn't on my list because it's a newer show, but have you guys seen Last Man Standing? I, I've seen a couple episodes here and there. To be honest with you, he got way too political with, with that and, you know, um, the whole Trump thing. So I just, I, I wasn't a big fan of the show, no. Are you... So I haven't watched it either, not for that reason. I just have never watched it. But, Bob, are you, just real quick, and I don't want to go too deep into this and get off topic, but are you, and when I say one of those people, I, I don't mean it in a negative way, but are you someone who an actor's politics um, and no. things like that will affect? Nope, not not at all. Not at all. For the most for the most part, 
for the most part, I really don't care about your personal views or your politics or anything like that. My issue is I don't want it to be a part of the show. And yeah. and his character is is super Republican in the show, and it's part of the character. And it's just like I don't I don't really like I, part of the reason why I'm watching this is because I don't want to watch the news and be involved in that shit. So um, that's kind of why I, I didn't really get into it. And and, and I, he does it in a humorous way. It's part of the jokes he tells, and, and I get that. I'm not trying to fault him for that. It's just not really my cup of tea. Yeah, that makes sense. It's it's definitely brought up a lot. So Dana and I went back and watched it. I don't know that I actually ever finished it, but it was kind of one of those shows that we would put on if um, we were between shows or something. I actually really, really liked it. Um, they do a lot of stuff to reference back to uh, home improvement. Like the truck that he drives around is that green truck that he's always working on in the tr- in the garage. Like the old timey truck. That's the truck he drives around. Um, instead of having three sons, he has three daughters. And Jonathan Taylor Thomas is makes like a guest appearance in one of the episodes and he says something about like say hi to your sons for me and he's like i have three daughters what are you talking about and he's like i could have sworn you had boys <laughs> and like um al is on it every once in a while like it's it's funny how they sprinkle it in um and stuff like that yeah sprinklings so it's it's definitely entertaining but uh that's again that's newer so that, i didn't grow up with that show all right. No, it's definitely a good choice, though. Uh, Bob, you go next. So I quick, uh, quick background on me and me putting together this list. I did come up with the five shows and one honorable mention that had the biggest impact on my childhood. Um, and number five is the, the story behind it is I used to go to my grandmother's house in the morning before school and she would watch me until the bus came. Uh, we watched the same two cartoons every single morning for five years uh, that I went to her house. And one of them, you know, being so young, I think had a huge impact on, you know, my, my genre of, of, you know, movies and books and so on. So um, that's got to be my number five. And that is Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo of all sorts. Uh, I loved it. Some of the shows were corny as hell and some of them were really good, but it, it was all just entertaining as a kid. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think I think my grandma forget me into that. She was a huge fan of cartoons. She used to have the Chip and Dale uh, cartoons Rescue on VHS. Rangers. Yeah. Rescue Rangers. Chip and Dale. Sorry, that's my scene. That's what that was? Thank you for clarifying. Yeah. It's a classic that the fans retreated to every once in a while. Sorry, Bob. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. That was it. I got really excited by the Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. That that was um, uh, the end of my sentence. Yeah, no, Scooby Doo is. I mean, if there's a Mount Rushmore of, t- of cartoons and cartoon characters, I, I would have to think that Scooby Doo would be on it. Um, is is Scooby Doo Hanna Barbera? I I believe so. I think so too. I'm gonna look it up real quick. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, he's that that show is a classic, all time classic, all time great. It's it's odd. I never really got into it, and I don't know why. I mean. I like uh, mysteries. I like detective stuff. I just never as a kid really got into it. It makes sense that it kind of helped shape your noir love. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a classic show and a classic part of everyone's childhood. So no, that's a great, that's a great choice. It, it is. It, uh, Hanna-Barbera includes the Huckleberry Hound show, the Flintstones, Yogi Bear, Jetsons, Wacky Racers, Scooby-Doo, and the Smurfs. 
solid. Yeah. It's a good so. lineup. Um, I definitely also, I mean, Scooby-Doo had a long run. I think we can still, also Still agree. going. Still yeah. going. I mean, it's, I mean, it's got uh, so many movies, so many different, like, seasons, I guess. I don't know if they're seasons, technically, but they're, they have, like, reiterations of it. Uh, they just came out with that Scoob movie, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, my aunt was a huge Scooby-Doo fan. And uh, when I didn't go to school, if I was homesick or something like that, I would go next door to her house. And I remember the two things we would watch were Indiana Jones and Scooby-Doo. And uh, my favorite Scooby-Doo movie is uh, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Gotta love yeah, the I Hex mean, Girls. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing. They got into movies, both animated and live action. I remember, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, as we always talk about, we all met at Family Video. And those are always some of the most popular free kids movies. Free kids. Whereas yep. the Scooby-Doo movies, I mean, they didn't always work. But they were always super popular, and there was a ton of them. I mean, as a wrestling yep. fan, I know that... As recent as I think last year, WWE was making Scooby Doo movies with some of their superstars too. So yeah, I mean it's it's a huge pop culture, it's a huge cartoon, it's a huge uh, presence as far as kids TV shows go. They or, did a supernatural crossover. Ooh, like it's not even necessarily. Um, well, I think Supernatural did a Scooby Doo episode, or like somehow they were tied in. So hmm. I mean, it's something like that. I didn't watch it, but I know it's. I know it's in there somewhere, but I mean, so it's not even necessarily all like it's they tie in the adults in there too. Yeah, I think that's a show that had humor for adults too. Yeah, and I notice that more and more as yeah. I get older. Some of the kids shows that have humor for adults. Um, so my my first choice is my favorite animated thing of all time, and that would be the X Men X Men animated series, the cartoon. Um, one of my it was awesome. Like as a kid back then who was a geek and loved comic books there wasn't a ton of content besides comic books um because we weren't in the world we we live in now where everything is comic book related um so that show was like one of my first introductions outside of comic books to those characters and i think they did a really good job with a lot of the characters i believe it was only like two or three seasons but like 40 episodes per season or something like that um so yeah i mean i definitely remember watching this all the time and when i got disney plus the first thing i did was rewatch this um so yeah always one of my favorites that that theme song is the greatest theme song for any tv show of all time so and no one will i mean you can have your opinion but it's the wrong one that that wins <laughs> yeah i think I, I i mean i agree with you x-men tv show is awesome it goes right up in there with the you know the batman animated series and that kind of whole block uh that was there um I don't. I don't have much to say to this. This this show. We we have beat this show to death on this. Yeah. On this podcast. Um, but it's definitely worth mentioning, it, it, especially now with Disney Plus giving that whole kind of you know resurgence to the older shows, and I'm sure they'll be brought up a couple times throughout this podcast. But I guess my quick question to you: How, how do you feel about this generation and the ease to which they get comic book content? Um, versus our generation growing up? Um, I don't know. I, I think it's good because I think a lot more kids would have been comic book fans back in the day at the content. If you didn't have to go digging for comic books and there was more more stuff on TV. Um, plus, honestly, this might sound cliche, but like 
superheroes provide hope and in our current climate and culture and the way our society is nowadays hope is a big thing man so i'm all about kids having hope uh kids learning right from wrong and and also getting into storytelling because that's such a big part of comics um so yeah i mean i i'm jealous that we didn't have that kind of access back in the day um but i, de- I definitely think it's, it's a good thing plus like we also talk about like uh, uh diversity so like back in the day the most common ones were like spider-man and captain you know what i mean like now with these shows and with the ability to have things at your fingertips all these shows have strong female characters diversity in the cast all that kind of stuff so i think it also gives the comic world an ability to not whitewash storytelling as much and uh get more and more and more and more fans and more and more kids involved and, and interested in their product well said I uh, I also watched this show, and it's one that I didn't remember until one of the other times that we've mentioned it. And um, I think it's funny because not remembering that I used to watch this show, like I didn't really realize as much or how much comic book content I also was receiving as a kid. Um, and I really kind of thought you guys were the main thing that like brought that into my life. Um, Welcome. But I, I most certainly grew up watching X Men, Batman, Batman Forever. Like I watched all of those, and I didn't really remember that. Um, so you know, I obviously was just destined to meet you guys and to have you fill my life with uh, geeky things. Well, I mean, since I hired enriching my video, life. Since, since, since I'm solely responsible for hiring you at Family Video, um, you're welcome. Um, I was Thank just going to also, I was just going to also add, um, oh, I completely forgot. Sorry, Bob, go ahead. If I remember it, I'll throw it on there. Oh, oh no. sorry. I do remember. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> that, best, best gambit, best gambit we've seen and we'll probably ever see. That's all I was going to say. Yeah, that's actually, so now I got a, I got a point to make on that too. Um, real, real quick. I think Gambit is one of those characters that I'm really surprised we haven't seen done well yet because it is such a fan favorite character. And in my opinion, relatively easy to do i mean it's not it's not complex in the sense that you really you know you gotta tread lightly on how you present it but um with that being said one of the things i wanted to point out lauren i think you made a really good point i think growing up prior to this comic book content heavy world that we live in now um what little comic book content we did get it's it's easy to kind of overlook that it was comic book content i mean Looking back on it, you know, growing up, if you didn't physically read the comic book, then you weren't a comic book fan. And nowadays, those characters have bled into so many different, you know, types of media that you can very easily be a comic book fan and and really not, you know, not be reading comic books. So uh, to your point, I think growing up in our generation, you know, when you were watching Batman the Animated Series and, you know, X-Men, and then somebody asked you if you're a comic book fan, you're like, no, I don't, I don't read comic books. And, and I think I didn't. I just don't think I knew. Like, I didn't... My family doesn't do... Like, they don't know comics. They don't know... uh, I... My parents are binging the Marvel movies right now, and I am so proud of them. My mom... (laughs) Shout out. My mom sent me the... um, I had already seen them, but the pictures from Thor. 
the set photos, my mom sent those to me. And I was like, I'm kind of so proud of you right now. But anyways, I was just going to say, like, I I really don't think as a kid, as I'm watching these shows on TV, I don't, I didn't know that there was source material. Like, I just thought it was a sweet cartoon on TV. Right. And then obviously growing up, I, I realized, but yeah, like, I didn't, I didn't take that in as, oh, this is comic book content. It was, hey, this is sweet TV shows. Yeah. So I think that still honestly happens today, even though we live in a comic book world, there's still shows and stuff that people will be like, hey, did you check out The Boys on Amazon? I'm like, yeah, and I read all the comics. And they're like, oh, that's a comic what? show? Like, maybe, yeah, maybe not. That, that might not be the best example, but there's so many times where a movie will come out, say it wanted or read, you know what I mean? Where people don't even realize that those are comic book entities and properties and don't know. But yeah, I mean, back in the day, we didn't have as much and it wasn't as popular. So that, that makes complete sense. Um, I was just going to comment on Bob's thing about Gambit real quick. So I also don't want to go off on a tangent here. Um, but I think the problem with the Gambit movie is a, he was super popular, but I feel like most of that was during the run of the animated show. I don't think he's as popular now. And B, he's 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 kind of like he's not Wolverine. So like it'd be very hard, I feel like, to tell a solo X Man or X person X Men story, um, because of the big ba- like. There's no big bad that just Gambit would be fight. You know what I mean? So he'd always have to be tied into the X Men. Um, I honestly think the only person there might be two or three outside of Wolverine. I think you could do it with Jean. I think you could do it with Xavier. And I definitely think you could do it with Storm because she's married to Black Panther. So if you wanted to associate that stuff, you could go that direction. But I mean, I wouldn't go see it. I, I would go see a Psychops movie. Most people wouldn't. You know what I mean? Like a Nightcrawler movie. You know what I mean? So I just feel like it, it'd be tough to make. But, you know, Channing Tatum's waiting. So we'll you see how that certainly, goes. You most certainly would go see it if it came out. I'm just sitting that right now. You totally would. No matter what it was, you would go see it. And right, that's why... That's why I switched Were it to you normal. Even if it was starring Jane Tatum. Yeah. Right. Um, but, I mean, was Iron Man popular? Was Captain America popular? Like, were they known? So Let's Shake your head. I, but, like, yeah, my I, point I would... is, like, if it's done right, it'll do well. And, thankfully, it's kind of sort of in good hands. At least they have a pretty good track record of who now could do that. So, I mean. Yeah, I, I mean, I would definitely go say, I was just going to say as far as like, we've talked about Iron Man being like a B or C level uh, character before the, the movies and stuff came out. I, I mean, I would argue that Captain America was much more popular before the movie came out than Iron Man was. Um, and he has that big bad in Red Skull. Um and I don't think people associate those guys with the Avengers as much as you would associate one of the X-Men with the X-Men. I think those guys can be solo a lot easier. Um, X-Men are, and, and rightfully so, are thought of as a team or as a collaboration, which would make okay. it tough. Wolver- Wolverine's that one standout character in my mind. But again, I said there, there's probably two or three you might be able to do. Fair enough. Your thoughts, Bob? Uh, I agree with everything you guys just said. All right. Well... Thorn, then you're up. Well, did you, oh, you did X Men. That's right. I was gonna say, did you do yours? Yeah, that was the whole conversation we were just having. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to the podcast, Bob. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Bob. <laughs> Let him introduce himself. Um, 
Ooh, okay. So just to go along the same lines of why I picked this one and why I picked Home Improvement, again, it was from, I tried to go back as far as I could in my memory and see like what was stand out. Um, and I remember watching this show a lot with my mom. And uh, I might have actually asked her for some input on this um, this topic uh, earlier. And she brought this one up, but I had already had, had it on my list. And that is Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. <laughs> Anybody know what this show is? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, never, I never watched it. But yeah, like I've definitely heard of it. It was one of the most popular shows in America for a long time. I don't remember a whole heck of a lot about it, um, besides just the general idea of the show, but I remember we watched it all the time. I remember it was a show that I watched with my mom. I really think my mom was watching it, and I just, like, joined around the couch kind of thing, but, um, yeah, that yeah, was definitely one that I grew up, air, we'll use air quotes here, watching. To me, my version of that is Walker, Texas Ranger. It's not on my list, but that's what that made me think of. Because my dad, again, was yep. obsessed with that show. Fair enough. Bob, your thoughts? So, so uh, interesting fact about Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Jane Seymour, who is the lead actress in that show, uh, only took the role because she, was, uh, she had just got out of a really nasty divorce. And her ex-husband basically took everything. And she was broke. She had no money. So she called her, her manager and basically said, get me the, fir the first thing that you can that'll pay me, get me the show or get me, give it to me. And that was Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Um, so she only took the show because she was flat broke and come to find out, it you know, becomes a huge hit. A career defining role. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Nice. Take that, ex-husband. Booyah. Prenups are a bitch. Um, <laughs> Bob, I think I think you're up, Oberon. So what I would have, what I should have put in this slot, this number four slot, should have been home improvement. But being as that uh, escaped my mind when putting together this list, I went with um, what I think really helped me. I shouldn't say helped me because it wasn't like I was searching for answers. But a show that I definitely watched during that, uh, you know, early teen phase of my life uh, was Boy Meets World. Um, yes. you know, I I didn't I didn't start it when they were like young you know middle schoolers. I started it more towards the uh, Topanga relationship phase and then up through the college phase, which you know definitely uh, the show did not hold well as they went into college. Um, I, I think you know, this, is a, this is a really good example of characters and shows. As the show goes on, they become this kind of um, emphasized elements that they once were. Pri prime example is Corey's brother, whose name is slipping my mind. You know, the Will. show... Will? Pretty sure it was Will, yeah. Mm, that was not... your friend. Yeah. Anyway, Corey's brother... Um, he plays kind of absent-minded. Eric, it's Eric. Eric, yes, thank yeah. you. Yeah, he, he plays. Uh, he plays like absent-minded when they're in middle school and high school, and then when they get into college, they take that element of his character and they make it like every story point and and uh, plot point, and it gets annoying. But anyway, uh, Boy Meets World, one of my favorite shows growing up. I loved it and uh, did not watch the revival, but 
you know, that's that's it's number four. Yeah, so two things. One, I completely understand what you're saying about the characters. It's kind of like they become a caricature of themselves. Yeah, um, I hate that. Yeah, no, it's it's that's I hate that too about television. To me, it, that's when writers stop being creative and have stopped coming up with ideas. Um, but Boy Meets World is the number one show on my list. Uh, this is this was like my show as like a teenager. Topanga is, if it's not Topanga, that's my first crush. Uh, it would be one of my someone in one of my honorable mentions, the Pink Power Ranger. But those two are like every kid our age's first crushes. I feel like, um, and how like you just got this like another iconic great role of Mister Feeney, uh, the neighbor teacher principal whatever he needed to be. Um, such a great role. We all learned a lot from Feeney. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that this show is a show that tackled teen problems, depression, dating, cheating, like all of that. Stuff. I don't know. Like, to me, like, this is just a show that taught you a lot, packed it in. Um, I love Topanga. I love this show. Kate and I did check out a couple episodes of Girl Meets World, I think it's called, which is the revival. Yep. Um, it was okay. But yeah, no, Boy Meets World was my favorite TV show in junior high school. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I have another one on my list that is basically my version of Boy Meets World. Um, but I, I watched this show from start to finish as well. Um, so, I mean, I have uh, my friend Jordan, who again was uh, a family, vi- family video alum would bring his own copies of the show to the store to put it in to play while he was working. Um, just, yeah. So I I don't want to say my age group, but, I mean, there is a little bit of a gap between yours and mine. Thanks. But my age group also, I didn't mean it like that. Um, I more meant to say this show was uh, relatable for many different age groups um i mean it was on until 2000 i'm trying to remember when it started but like it's yeah it's 93 or something yeah like that's that's what i was trying to get at by saying the age group gap but like it it just it's it it goes to show and it says something about a show if it's able to resonate with so many people and like within that gap kind of thing so yeah yeah, i mean i I think I think that it's crazy that your generation was affected by this show because by the time your generation got to watch this show, I think Topanga and Cora were already like married, maybe even retired, and parents. Um, but no, yeah, it's a great show. Great show. Not that young. It's my sister's generation that got Girl Meets World. Come on now. It's true. All right, so I'm going to go next. And since Bob took one of mine, I'm going to take one that I think is on his list also. And I talked about how Walker, Texas Ranger, was and Home Improvement were kind of like, because my dad, I think as kids, we watch shows based on what our parents liked, obviously. And that was my dad. My mom was Roseanne. And, uh, you know, we were not poor, but, you know, didn't have tons of money. And that's kind of what the Connors were. My sister to this day, her name is Danielle. She reminds me of Darlene. Um, and it is. It's just a really funny show. Um, so funny that it came back like 30, 20, 30 years later and was a hit until Roseanne was an idiot. So 
And I think even now the O'Connors is still doing pretty good with the rating. But regardless, like, it was just like, I feel like that show was one of those times, rare times, where they get the perfect cast for the perfect roles. And they all love doing it because they did it for so long. And they crushed it. Like, they went through, again, real problems. They went through, they were never, like, super rich. Like, uh, what's the, Dan? Dan was always working a ton. And it was just a really real show. Um for a whole segment of people. And I always felt like I could relate to, to Roseanne because of that. So um, one, one correction, you said they were never really rich. They were mm. they won the lottery mm-hmm. towards the end. Um, I forgot. But, sorry. You know, this is a show that I, I brought up a few times, you know, either on the podcast or in passing with friends. And what's funny about it is every person I brought it up to has said the exact same thing, which is that was my family. Um, I mean, Dan not only reminded me of my father, but he looks like my father. And I, and I always said growing up that if I ever had to do a movie about my life, he was going to be who I cast uh, to play my dad. But I think that's what made the show so good is that everybody could look at that show and, and get some aspect of their life or, or you know recognize a family member in one of the characters. I, again, it's one of those shows that it went on for, I think, a little bit too long because the uh, characters started becoming a little too character, you know, uh, caricatures of what they once were. But, um, but yeah, I, I, lo- I love that show. Yeah, I, mean, I would, I totally agree. Uh, and I think one of, about how it relates to your family. And I think one of, I don't know if they did it on purpose. I would have to look into research about the show, but like, a lot of actors and actresses are really, really good looking people. And I'm not trying to say that this cast wasn't, but to me, they're not like, like uh, John Goodman is, you wouldn't explain him as having like movie star, good looks. You know what I mean? Like normal looking dude. Roseanne was a normal looking lady. Uh, And I think that because of that, that also helped draw on an audience um, because made him relatable. They made them relatable and made them seem like real people and not actors playing roles. So, yeah, yeah that's why Roseanne made my list. Um, Roseanne is a show that should have made my list. Um, and I honestly didn't think about it until you guys talked about it. But, yeah, that's another staple that was on at my household. Same reasons you're saying. I mean, it was just easy to watch. It was everyday problems, real-life situations, and, yeah. Good job bringing me down memory lane. <laughs> um, all right, so my next pick, I'll go with the one that I relate, I would uh, say is my Boy Meets World, and uh, that's going to be Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Um, probably more just you guys as growing boys watch Boy Meets World, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, female lead. Um, Similar time frames, I want to say. I think Boy Meets World was 94 and Sabrina was 96. Um, still the same kind of thing. Started out in high school, moved on through college, after school, stuff like that. It went through relationships and um, breakups and high school, college, drama, um, getting a job, stuff like that. Um a little less realistic, you know, because she's a witch and all. But, um, yeah, found it funny. Um, everybody wanted to 
magic cat named Salem after that. So, <laughs> <laughs> my brother and sister in law actually have a, mag- a black cat named Salem. So, there you go. The talk. There you go. Yeah. No, I mean this. This show is cool too because it was it fit kind of in like the TGIF mold. Um, but it gave you. I'm kind pretty of like sure that, it was on that. Yeah, but those type of shows. But it also gave you yeah. like the fantasy, um, that kind of niche because she was a witch freestyle talking um no but it kind of fit that niche where it was like fantasy and teenage problems family show she had the neighbor this is what i remember about this show this is like my main thing didn't she have a neighbor who would like crawl up a ladder and just walk and get into her room all no the time? no that is clarissa explains it all oh okay thank you for fixing that yeah no that's, that makes sense that is clarissa explains it all and uh that's really funny because that was a show I watched as a kid as well, but one I didn't remember so much. Were they both the same? Was it Melissa Joan Hart in both shows? Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. Clarissa Explains It All was definitely more of the, uh, well, not more of, it was the similar idea of um, showing realistic problems and growing up as a teenage girl, d- drama central. Um, but yeah, that's funny. So... I was never. I've watched a lot of these uh, these episodes, although I don't like to admit that. Uh, I was never a big fan of the show. Uh, I was never a big fan of the show. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't like it. I just didn't. I didn't find it funny. Um, I thought it was kind of a. This is like. So the black cat came out, kind of right around the time that uh, a hocus pocus came out, and obviously they had a talking black cat. So I, I like. I almost saw it as like offensive, like they're ripping it off, and I, I can't, su- I can't support it. And I will also correct you, it it is not part of TGIF. I mean, it was, but not the original TGIF, right? Which right. is holds true in my heart. Family Matters, Step by Step, uh, Dinosaurs, and I think Boy Meets World was in there as one point as well. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll give it to you. I, everybody talks highly of this show and likes it. Just wasn't my cup of tea. Yeah, I mean, I, I it would... got to... go ahead, Lauren. Sorry, it it got to the point where like I played multiple video games of this show, like computer games. They had um, video games of this. They had computer games, like PC for the PC games. Um, it came out with an animated series after the fact. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, this was never my show. Like, I didn't watch it at the time. I think I actually probably watched Clarissa explains it all more. Um. But I mean, yeah, like Casey likes the show. It's witches and magic. So yeah, it's it's a cool show, and I, I get why it's on your list. It fits kind of like that time frame, so mm-hmm. makes sense. Plus, you're a girl, so teenage problems, teenage female problems. There you go. Um, only because it's been talked about so much, I will throw out my honorable mention, which is Clarissa explains it all. Uh, looking back on it, I couldn't Ow. tell you. A, I couldn't tell you a single thing about the show other than the neighbor's ladder, you know, and her talking to the camera, breaking the fourth wall. Um, but I just re- I remember loving that show. I remember that being kind of part of the Nickelodeon block with, um, you know, Are You Afraid of the Dark, and also um, some other shows that we'll talk about in a second. But for my number three, um, probably one of the most influential shows on me as a person and a show that I am currently watching with my sons, uh, thanks to Disney plus is gargoyles. I love the show. 
It was, at, was so far ahead of its time. Uh, it tackled some pretty uh, crazy issues. We, we just, me and my six-year-old and four-year-old just watched the gun control um, episode, which is, is it just, it's very real. And um, just such a great show. It was a show that wasn't afraid to not talk down to kids. It, it didn't dumb things down. Uh, it, it talks straight to them, and I, I love it for that. Yeah, Gargoyles was great. Um, it was one of my favorite TV shows, just not like or one of my favorite cartoons, just not like my favorite. Um, I know we talked about this on a previous, one of the last two podcasts, but did this only get like three seasons, two seasons? It had three seasons. Um, however, season two is like 40 episodes. Um, I think season one's like 15 and I don't know how long season three is, but it's one of those, it's like all of all their kid shows that, you know, the seasons were so long that you remember it being on forever. Right. I specifically Uh, didn't put this on my list because I knew it was going to get brought up because I also know that we've talked about it before, but um, I'll reiterate. This is the first thing I watched on Disney plus. Um, Still holds up to time. I love this show. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna leave it there. But, yeah. All right. Well, I'll do. I'll do my number three uh, to finish off this round. Um, I, I'm just gonna go with. The, uh, so I consider. It, I'm just gonna go TGIF because I have on my list Full House, Family Matters, Step by Step, Boy Meets World is on my list. Dinosaurs is on like. So whatever shows fit in that revolving door, because I think that like there's always three staples and early on it was full house family matter step-by-step. And then it was dinosaurs or perfect strangers or something else. Can't one of the other shows. So TGIF to me, like I just remember like being so excited about Fridays and then being so excited about TGIF coming on. And I don't know if there is that excitement about a day anymore, maybe Sundays for football. Um, But like, it was such a cool thing. Like you sat down, it's Friday night and the mood is right. Like the song would hit and then it would go and show you how it's done. Yeah. So like that got you amped up. Like there's nothing like that anymore. It just goes into the show. And then there's the shows that were all great. Um, Family matters specifically. um, That I can remember besides the Cosby show was one of the first black family shows that was especially on network TV. So that was really cool. Um, Urkel, duh. And then like, they are another show like Bob was saying, they weren't afraid to talk about anything. You had teen pregnancies. You had that, that gun control episode in this one too, where the kid brought a gun to school. And this is like years before, like, think about that. Now we hear about a school shooting or something and it, it almost lost its shock value because unfortunately it happens so often. Back then, that wasn't really happening. So for them to do that, like, I don't know. These shows were all great step-by-step. Taught us about, like, a a blended family coming together and figuring out problems. All these shows, I feel like, had a real good moral compass and taught us a lot in that age. Like, it really did. Or at least exposed us enough to the point where we would then ask more questions about certain things. Like, I feel like... That's why this block is so influential in my life and was such a hit. Um, so, yeah, TGIF, homies. 
Yeah, I mean, I am I am totally going to call you out for that being a cop-out because you're essentially picking 10 shows in one slot. But with that being said, TGIF was such a pivotal thing growing up. I one of the one of my most interesting memories about TGIF is and Lauren, I'm gonna put you on the spot here because you grew up in a pretty religious household, correct? No. No? I thought you did. No. Well, that shows you how much I know about my friends. Um <laughs> I had a to be friend... fair, I went to a Christian college, so and my mom worked at a Catholic school mm. growing up. So but, far more yeah. religious than I was. Um, so, I is there a Bible a, in your house? You win. <laughs> I had a friend growing up who was very religious, and there was a an interesting exchange where I was at her house, and it you know it was like a, our family and her family were hanging out, and TGIF came on, and I was like, oh my god, thank God it's Friday night, TGIF, thank God it's Friday night, and her mom was like, no, it's thank goodness, like it's thank hmm. goodness it's Friday night. And it became like a debate. Like, well, what is what does it stand for? What does TGIF stand for? Well, well I have to God say, yeah, I always thought it was Thank God It's Friday. But um, so going back to the slightly different age gap, uh, when it got to TGIF for me, the song was just TGIF. Like it, it was just the the initial. <laughs> <laughs> If I'm remembering correctly, at least. Uh, but yeah, it it's. Uh, I'm trying to remember what TGIF was for me. Like I, I can, I'm trying to remember the lineup for me because I honestly did not watch a lot of those shows. Like I watched Full House and I watched Boy Meets World, and I think that's all I watched out of that lineup there. So apparently, the debate over what TGIF stands for was not secluded to just my household. Uh, as it states in the Wikipedia, the name comes from the initials of the popular phrase, thank God it's Friday. However, the stars of the lineup touted the initials meaning, thank goodness it's Friday, in order to remain politically correct and its various incarnations. Huh. Get yeah, political here. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think back then God was as forbidden a word as it is now, but... Apparently, uh, apparently, yeah, there's some some real, real issues. I'm glad All we're right. getting to the heart of this, guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, down to the nitty so gritty. We, down to the nitty gritty. But we should definitely uh, take a quick break to listen to some commercials for some other great podcasts that Don't Forget a Towel offers. So we'll be right back. Need more context on your favorite movie? Is Obama. Obama. As okay. Senator Obama. Ever wonder why they did or didn't do that thing or include that scene? This is prime. Like, this is perfect this is quality entertainment. Check out Gutsy Media Podcast as my friends and I take a deep dive into everything from blockbusters to indie films. The weakest apple cider bitch beers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. That's Gutsy Media Podcast for everything movies. Hey, come take a seat at the campfire. You're not the only one who joins. I've got friends that come over sometimes, too. We talk about a ton of interesting things from geek culture. Then we cover some conspiracies or philosophical thoughts or monsters. You know, we talked about Bigfoot in one episode. It's a lot of fun, so come join me at the Campfire Chats, a DFAT entertainment podcast hosted on Spotify and other fine places you find podcasts. Oh, those commercials. I got to download all those podcasts. Like, subscribe, share comments about, and leave reviews. 
All right, Lauren, you can set us off for the fourth round of uh, our episode here about TV shows that we grew up with. All right. So the next one I'm going to do is also a Nickelodeon show. I feel like I have a lot of Nickelodeon shows on here that I'm, again, going to word vomit at the end or title vomit at the end. Um, so the next show that I'm going to talk about is All That. It's All, all that. that. From now on, whenever someone does a TV one. show. <laughs> yeah, when it, from now on, whenever someone does a TV show, Bob has to sing the intro theme to said oh. TV show. So. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about all that, Lauren. What is all that? Well, it's all that. That's what it is. Does it it come with a bag of chips? All that and a bag of potato chips. Um, Basically, to me, all that is the kid-slash-teen version of SNL. It is just a whole bunch of skits. Um, It is the birthplace of Good Burger. It is... I, yeah, it was just so funny. Um, it was pre, like, Amanda show. Amanda Bynes, I think, was actually on it for a good chunk of time. Um, and, I mean, yeah, it, it was just what I remember being kids SNL. Like, that, that is the best way for me to describe it. It was on oh, yeah. later at night. Um and I just remember it kind of being like that treat, like, ooh, I'm gonna stay up and I get to watch all that and it'll be funny and it'll be it'll be great. So yeah. Yeah, I think that you nailed that. Um I definitely think that kids teenage SNL is an appropriate way to describe all that. I mean, this is the show that gave us yeah, like you said, Amanda Bynes, Keenan and Kel. Um yep. Gabriel Iglesias was on a season of this before he was big. Insane. Nick Cannon was on the show. Like Jamie Lynn Spears. There's just a bunch of, not as many as you would think, but four or five really big stars that came out of all that. So it was cool to see kids do sketch comedy. And um, they pushed it a little bit. I wouldn't say that it was like super kiddy or super childish. Um, but it was definitely more children appropriate than Saturday Night Live was. So I definitely think that's probably where they got the idea for this. Um, but it was a great show. Uh, I, I mean, loved, it started in 94. I, I loved all that. I did watch it. Definitely SNL-ish. However, there was another show. And I was trying to find it just now and I couldn't. There was another show like Kids in the Attic or something like that. Kid, Kids Kid in the Hall? Incorporated? No, Kids in the Hall was more like the adult version. There was something about an attic um, that was a Nickelodeon show that was that was very SNL. They literally did skits, and uh, I, I liked that one as well. Um, but I think all that kind of took over the platform and, and led led the uh, the march there. Um, yeah, all that was great. It was definitely a great show, and and led to so many great uh, actors and comedians coming out of that. Yeah, I absolutely agree. That's a classic. And I wish they would bring back Sketch because I think nowadays we only get SNL. I think there's definitely a marketplace for... Because back then there was SNL, there was all that, there was In Living Color. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we had... I'll talk about a show in a little bit here that we had on that list, but also now we don't have much of that. So I definitely think they could bring that back. So... We talked about TGIF. 
Um, and we touched a little bit on, uh, you know, some of the Nickelodeon shows, such as all that. And I, and I mentioned, are you afraid of the dark earlier? Um, those shows were also part of a Nickelodeon version of TGIF called SNCC, uh, which stands for Saturday Night Saturday Nickelodeon. Night. Um, SNCC was amazing. I loved it. But the two big shows that I took out of that, and I'm actually going to take a, 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 a playbook from Dave, and I'm going to I'm going to put Snick as my number two. But primarily, I was a fan of Salute Your Shorts and Hey Dude. Yes. Um, I loved these two shows. They were one of my favorites, or, or they, two of my favorites. Um, it, it, Clarissa, uh, Clarissa Explains It All was also part of Snick. Hey, I think everybody remembers Salute Your Shorts. Uh, especially if you're a part of that, you know, that couple years that it was on. Yeah, it, it was, it's amazing. It's still great to go back and, and, and look at. Um, I don't think as many people remember Hey Dude, uh, which was only on for two seasons as well. Hey Dude was amazing. And it starred Christine Taylor, who would later go on to marry um, ben, Stiller. ben Stiller. And uh, she's in Wedding Singer. Um, we actually just covered Wedding Singer on the um, Gutsy Media Podcast, which is why I know that. But two great shows that I, I constantly would watch if it was on. Um, but the whole SNCC lineup is was just amazing. I mean, looking at some of these shows that were on SNCC, they're all shows that we had mentioned at some you know way, shape, or form on, on, on this podcast. So that's what I'm going with. Yeah, I like all those shows. Um, I have more on my list that kind of relate to that as well but i i was trying to remember the whole lineup and i may or may not be looking it up now but so that the, was the, the lineup changed a bunch of times but i mean you got the adventures of pete and pete are you afraid of the dark are you afraid of the dark uh the secret world of alex mack <gasps> rock yeah that Life, was the show rugrats doug i mean just so many great shows kablam, kablam. another that, show that, that awesome. was Kablam was not only a sketch comedy show, but it was like an animated sketch animated comedy show. sketch comedy show. And definitely, I feel like pushed the limits a little bit more because you're like, oh, that little animated dude is saying it, or hey, that action right. figure that's yeah, the, like half naked is saying it. The Mystery Files of Shelby Woo, The Journey of Alan Strange. I mean, great, great shows. I want to go, but uh, is there like Disney Plus is a thing? Can we get like a, <laughs> a Nickelodeon? Nickelodeon Plus? Plus, like, yeah, their their content has to be on one of these streaming services. I would imagine. I, would I just think yeah. whoever but they're like, like partners. Are, I don't know, because like I feel like shows like this. The problem is who owns those rights, or right. the licensing has expired, or like something like that. Um, yeah, um, it's it's got to be on one of them. I'm looking it up now. Um, Just like how I you'll remember, never see Dogma anywhere because What's-His-Face owns it. I he owns the... Uh, I think they're on the yeah. CBS streaming site. But... Um, oh, okay. CBS All Access? Maybe. I'm not sure. I just looked it up and CBS owns Nickelodeon, so I assume they'd be on that. They So I watched some of these shows. I think they're all blending together in my head, the Nickelodeon shows, a little bit. I'm not sure really which is which. The one show that I like distinctly remember was some kind of like game show. I don't know what time it was on. I don't remember if it was mornings or, or afternoons or night. But it, there's this crazy like, I think there was like teams. I don't know. 
some kind of like adventure game show is what I remember from the Odeon from my childhood. It's coming next. What? It's coming next. Okay, then I mean, I'll hold that thought as you <laughs> have read my mind, evidently. And uh, yeah, I'll just pick. I'll just go to my next choice. Wait, um, wait, I have a question. Okay. Does anybody remember Stick Stickly? Yeah, of course. Okay, because I had this debate a couple years ago, and my friends were like, what are you talking about? Dave, do you know who Stick Your friends probably say that several times. (sighs) Yeah, no, no, that's right. Uh, (laughs) Stick Stickly was basically the host, um, and he was a popsicle stick with a face on him. And he had a really weird voice. He did. And didn't he used to, like, dress up and stuff? Mm Mm-hmm. And he would have a cape sometimes, and that was just Basically, the host slash mascot, and what a cheap mascot he was. <laughs> maybe, maybe if I saw him, it would jostle my memory. But yeah, I don't, I don't remember how to stick strictly. Yeah, I'm gonna pass for now. Come on, um, stick strictly. No. Yeah. So since Bob, since Bob. Included this in his last one. I just want to mention Doug was on my list. You included that in your snick. Oh, mine too. Uh, Doug was like my favorite Nickelodeon show. I, I fucking love that show. Quail Man. That's all about it. Um, I'm gonna go with the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And when I say this, I don't. I know there's been like six million versions. The original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Uh, I was obsessed with this in middle school. Um. Again, partially because I was in love with Amy Jo Johnson, the Pink Ranger. Um, but I, I loved this show, <laughs> like everything about it. Like I was such a big nerd fan of this show. Um, I think my favorite Ranger eventually ended up being Tommy, the White or Green Ranger. Um, but like, I don't know. This had like ninja moves. It had like Transformer things or Voltron type things because I really liked Voltron as a kid. Um, but yeah, this is like the coolest show ever when I was 10. So this is what I used to be obsessed with. So yeah, Power Rangers was an amazing show. I think everybody was obsessed with that show. The original Power Rangers. Um, what I loved about that show now looking back on it is the fact that the show would be about these teenagers who had powers and would totally, you know, kick the butt of these villains. And then at the end of the show, there was always this, like, three-minute, like, lesson where it would be like, don't don't use violence. <laughs> the end of every single Even show. Even though we just great. kicked all their asses. Exactly. It was ridiculous. Uh, and the, the one thing that I love about the Power Rangers is if you were a fan back then, you definitely need to get into the comic books now because they have done some amazing things with those characters. Now, I mean, the, the green slash white ranger, Tommy, has gone on to become the big bad in the comic books. And he blows, you know, spoiler, uh, uh, spoiler. He, he blows um, uh, Zed and Rita out of the water with with, the, you know, what he does. Um but my my son was obsessed with the Power Rangers for a little while until we basically told him he couldn't watch it anymore. And you are 100% right. There is like 12 different Power Rangers between, 
you know, Power Rangers Zeo and Turbo and Space and Dino. Like a, Dino, Dino Rangers. They, have, they have a mythical Power Rangers that do like spells and have wands and shit. It's crazy. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy. No. See, just give me Jason the Red Ranger, Billy the Blue Ranger, Tommy the White Green Ranger, Kimberly the Pink Ranger, and I always forget the Yellow Ranger's name. Um, and the Black the, Ranger. I forget the super racist one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, this show also early early show for diversity and characters and ethnicities and and genders because uh, you had a mix of girls and, and boys and all different races um but also yeah i mean the story like you said it's these teenage kids everyone can relate to teenage kids who somehow stumble upon i forget if they were like chosen i think with the the stones or whatever chose them and then they learn to become ninjas what and then they fight like crazy villain character things whether like some nasty looking villain but then they can also like get inside of a animal and start destroying things and then they can combine into like a super megatron or whatever they call what it was called when they all combine megazord megazord yeah like what like when i was that age my mind was just blown at all these different things that came from this show all the exploding grass. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of exploding grass. Back then it was cool exploding gas. Yeah. What do we think about the movie? I uh, never watched it. I want to, but I never I never did. Well there's there's sure. been multiple. So you're you're holding up Sorry. the newest one. Correct. And I, I liked it. I actually did I liked that movie. I didn't think I was going to and I did. I very much enjoyed it. I thought it had a pretty decent cast. Um I thought it set up a good uh, option for some sequels, and it did very poorly. So there goes that. Yeah, it's um, one of those things that should have been more, but unfortunately did not bring in the money they thought it was going to bring in. Yeah, um, but yeah, Bob, I would give it. I would give it a watch when you get the chance. Uh, next time I see you, you can borrow it. Definitely. Uh, I, I, I did I most definitely also did grow up watching this show. Um, I always. Uh, I remember getting. I got somebody's weapon for my birthday or Christmas one year or something, and it was, uh, couldn't they, like, whistle into the swords or, like, they, they like, yeah, they, like, played them as, I think they called their zords. Yeah. Yeah. Or if they went, it's morphine time. But, yeah. Well, yeah. Yep, that too. But, yeah, I, I, it was most definitely. I was just say that was the weird part is they just randomly start playing like this fiddle flute thing. Yeah, with their helmets on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you are a fan of the Power Rangers, I highly recommend watching um, the episode of those toys that made us on Netflix that covers the Power Rangers, and you can hear about how the show came to be, and it's 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 pretty crazy the um, the things that had to happen to make that show work, and how it works is is really astonishing. Well, I mean, it also spawned knockoffs. Like, there was VR troopers or something like that, I remember. like. Well, so was... here's, here's the thing. It, it, it really didn't. That whole genre is, is hugely popular in Japan. So a lot of those, like, Power Rangers weren't even the most popular one in Japan. It just happens to be the first one that America saw. And then when they started bringing over the other ones, the other ones were considered the knockoffs here, when really in Japan, 
those are the more popular versions. Sure, but I'm talking about here. Knockoffs. <laughs> uh, well, all right, Lauren, what do you got for us? Ooh, so I don't have a specific day of the week, but since everybody's grouping shit together, I'm going to go with the Nickelodeon <laughs> game shows, which my top two were Guts and Legends of the Hidden Temple. Which I that's thought maybe that's what you were going for. Yeah. That's that, the one that's, I was talking about. That's, I was like, don't say it. It's like my all-time favorite. Oh, my gosh. My goal as a kid was to be on Legends of the Hidden Temple. Did I ever apply? No. Did I know how? No, because the internet wasn't a thing. Um, but, yeah. I still want to be, a, like, the, the orange monkeys or something for Halloween one year. All you got to do is spray paint a helmet and wear a sweet T-shirt. But... I just thought that was awesome. And, of course, as a kid, you're always sitting there like, how could you not do that stupid task or whatever? And, yeah. Um, and then to just comment on the other one, Guts was basically like, uh, do you guys know what Guts is? Guts or Global Guts. Um, basically, like, more of an athletic type competition. Um, there was always some sort of, like, physical test. It was almost like uh, American Gladiators is kind of what I compared it to, but you're not really, you're competing against other contestants rather than, like, a gladiator. Um, and if you win, you got to take home a piece of the aggro crag. Like, who wouldn't want this giant hunk of plastic chilling in their room forever? Um, but anyways, yes. So, they somebody, also had ones, like, go ahead. Somebody somewhere has has that on their mantle from... Oh, yeah, years so, ago. like, this is, this is the like my crowning moment is when I got to hoist up the aggro crag at the end of winning guts or global guts. But, um, they also have stuff like, uh, double dare, double dare 2000. Um, Oh, there was one hosted by summer Sanders. Why can't I think of what it was called? Huh. Oh, that's going to bother me. But anyways, there was a whole big lineup of Nickelodeon game shows and, that was like all I wanted to do as a kid was get onto one of the Nickelodeon game shows. So Guts is, is a great show. I enjoyed that. Uh, Legends of the Hidden, Hidden Temple was the crowning achievement, I think, for Nickelodeon game shows. And for the record, you can buy the Agro Crag trophy on eBay for $245 right now. Just FYI. Um, however... I don't think I don't think Guts is number two. I think I think it goes Legends of the Hidden Temple followed by Double Dare. Double Dare was an amazing show. Like you, you could ask you could ask the question if you don't know the answer, you could dare the other team. Like it was just it's insane. It was nonstop slime, and I really think Double Dare is where Nickelodeon slime came from um, because that's when it really became a staple for Nickelodeon and and sliming people. But um, yeah, great pick. The, the game shows from Nickelodeon were amazing. I really think I picked Guts over Double Dare because I was just an, I was an athletic kid, so I wanted to, like, get out and do things. And the fact that they were, like, kayaking through this giant pool in the middle of a studio, and it was, like, it was, like, Kid Olympics is what, like, to me, as, like, a five-year-old kid, I was like, yes, this is it. You go and you win the aggro crag, and it's, like, a gold medal. You've you've done it. So. 
I don't. And I'm, because it was global guts, it was the Olympics. I'm just really glad that you knew what the fuck I was talking about because I've had this show in my brain forever. No one ever knows what I'm talking about. So I thought I made it up for a while. Um, but I'm glad that I didn't. There's this movie recently. What? Apparently they made a movie. By recently, I mean within like the past five years on Nickelodeon. And it was supposed to be like the history behind the Hidden Temple. And it had Olmec, the giant statue dude who like, he was like a face on a wall, but he like was the guardian of the temple or something. And then they have the temple guardians and they, they like actually made a story about that and made it a TV movie on Nickelodeon. Of course it was recently, so it was super, super cheesy, but it was, I did not watch it. it. It's nostalgic. It's awesome. Um, some other great Nickelodeon game shows include wild and crazy kids um, they had one called Nick Arcade. They had Finders Keepers, Guts, and then Figure It Out. I don't know if you guys remember that one. That's the, that's the one with Summer Sanders. That's the yep. one I needed. Thank you. So definitely Nickelodeon has some good some good kid uh, game guys, shows. Guys, I want to... This podcast, I just need to go watch Nickelodeon shows. <laughs> Give me a nostalgic Nickelodeon app streaming service. I will buy it. I will fund it. All that money that Bob was going to give me for my spinoffs and reboots, screw it. I'm going to invest it. In <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give you more money now. Um, so th- this is it. This is the last one I got. This is my number one, probably the most influential show, the, the show that I've seen probably every I single episode done? ever made. Well, this, uh, this is the end of my list. I mean, if you guys want to keep oh, going, I have by, more. by all means, I will react. Um, th- I'm not... I'm not saying this is my favorite show, but I'm saying this is the show that I've seen the most say by the bell. Uh, Everything from yeah. from you know Miss Bliss all the way up through college years. I watched it. I didn't watch the new class. I didn't really get into that. Um, but definitely a huge fan of I mean Kelly Kapowski. Oh my god. Um just a huge fan of the show. Yeah, that's that's it. That's the show. That's it. I, Wrap it up. I actually, just, I actually just saw a really funny meme, and it said, what if Showgirls is what happened if Zach couldn't get Jesse off of the spe- off speed or the caffeine yeah. pills? And I thought that was really funny. Um, this is number one on my list. Uh, so that we both think alike, but yeah, this is like the defining show of like my childhood. I think I've said that a few times, but like this one really 100%. is. Um, I loved this show. I've seen them all a million times. Um, I'm pissed that Casey might win those socks. Cause I want them. I think he has enough <laughs> socks. Um, so hashtag free the socks, but, um, no, I mean, going to the max, the max became iconic. Building is kind of like Feeny. The same like doofier. Um I I was always a Zach fan instead of Slater and Kelly was my favorite. Uh but yeah, I mean just like all of the characters are iconic. Uh Lisa Turtle, Screech, Slater, who hasn't aged since the show was made. Just For all real. of them are are super iconic and this show kind of guided me through some awkward years. Because it talked about love and relationships and puberty and stealing and drugs 
and everything. And Saved by the Bell, I think, is one of the greatest shows ever created. Um, and it was num- it's definitely number one on my list. So I did not watch it as religiously as, as it sounds like you guys did. Um, again, I came into this definitely later on in life. Um, I think it went off the air in 92. So I was watching reruns of it. But to me, it sounds like what this show was to you, that was Boy Meets World. Like, that filled that spot for me. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely have watched this. I have definitely agree that it's, a, it's an amazing show. Um, just a local plug. Have you guys been to – oh, actually, I think, Dave, you've definitely been with Kate. But Pure Imagination Cafe? Yes. Yeah. Uh, the whole pizza menu is Saved by the Bell themed. Yeah. Um, when was but, the last time you were there? Uh, like last week. Oh, because last time I was there, they didn't have pizza. Did you look at the menu? No. Okay, yeah, they definitely did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Makes sense. They have more stuff there than you think they do. I'll just say that. I but love anyways, yeah. Shout out Fantastic. to your so local. Yeah, local plug. If you guys are in the Rochester area, Pure Imagination Cafe. Not a sponsor, but big fans of the show. I love it there. Yeah, yeah, love. Well, I love it there. So, um, sweet, Dave, you're up. So, since Bob took my save by the bell, I'll go with um a show. One of my favorite shows more recently. So, I'd say probably in my twenties, early thirties. Um, and there's two that stood out since it's my last go around. I'm going to say them both, but Chappelle show and entourage. I've talked about entourage to nauseam on this podcast. So I'm, I won't do that, but Chappelle show, this show is so fucking genius. It's a sketch comedy show, but it's Chappelle and his cast of characters. Um, there was no topic that was off limits with Chappelle show. They did a race draft. Uh, they had the Clayton Bigsby, the black leader of the KKK. Uh, just this is probably the funniest show I've ever watched in my life. Um, I think this is the funny. Yeah, I, I definitely think that if someone were to ask me what's the funniest show you ever watched, routinely it would hands down be Chappelle Show. Um, and it just shows how genius Chappelle is. Like, you know, he took some time off for a little bit, came back, but David Chappelle is a genius and one of the greatest stand-up comedians of all time and this show was just that it was just genius i i like the show i'm a fan of the show i'm a huge fan of dave chappelle and the person that he is and what he stands up for and i think you know it's good i want to highlight something that i think really plays into today's culture everybody talks about this can uh cancel culture and how you can't really do anything nowadays without somebody being offended by it. And you look at a show like the Chappelle show. And if you've heard this story about why he walked away, he, he, he said in multiple interviews that, you know, he had been doing the show for a while and really tried to um, not be corporate and not, you know, to touch on issues, but do it in a way that poked fun at them. And, he was doing a skit that he, you know, was it was a, a racist type skit where he, I think it was in blackface or something like that. And 
And he's like, one of the crew members was laughing, but it was the way they were laughing where it was, it was almost like he was laughing too much. Like he was laughing too hard at it. And he's like, it just, it was a real uncomfortable. And that's when I walked away. That's when I said, I can't do this. I can't be a puppet or a toy. It's got to be something that, you know, it's done a certain way. And I think looking at that and looking at today's culture, I think there's a way of, of still allowing some of these jokes and some of these um, skits and, and tweets and, you know, so many of this, like the, the Dr. Seuss books that are getting pulled because of the imagery, why they didn't just change the imagery and keep the books out there is beyond me. Um, I think everybody has a, I think everybody has a, a right to be offended, but just because you're offended doesn't mean I, you know, the, the, the world has to change. And I think Dave Chappelle is a good example of somebody who understood that you can do skits like that. You can do topics like that in a manner that brings attention and pokes fun at them without necessarily crossing that line. And I think when he identified that line being crossed is when he said, okay, this, this is it. And, um, I, I think, I think that's just a really good example of how to do that. Yeah. I, I think in today's cancel culture, the medium for that is movies. Cause I feel like you can say anything you want in a movie. Cause the character saying it, I feel like TV shows, stand up comedy specials, anything like that is, they're like tell to different standards for some reason. Like if a comedian tells a racist joke on a, in a movie, he's playing a racist character. If the comedian tells a racist joke at their stand-up comedy special, he's racist. And I think that that's dangerous. I think that the cancel culture has taken art and some of the things that make comedy great and taken them away from stand-up comedians. And I'm glad that Chappelle is one of the ones, honestly, that is just kind of like, F that. I'm going to do what I want, and I'm going to do my brand of, of comedy. Like he talked about on his last Netflix special, um, how he made a joke and it offended one of the communities, and they branched out. Or like, You're right. You have to be... There has to be a medium where that stuff is allowed in context, and if it's done right. And Dave... Chappelle would would touch anything there was nothing off limits like we said he did slaves he did black kkk leader just everything and he did it in a way where everyone laughed mm-hmm. and i think that's the art and that's what makes dave Chappelle great is people probably people might have been offended but you didn't hear about it as much and i i think that even in the way he did it it was done ingeniously enough to not offend people. Even people who would get offended would laugh at it. Like, I don't know. There's just a way of doing it. And he was very good at doing it. And he still hold, he still holds true. He still says what he wants. He's very social. Uh, he's very, very uh, opinionated and vocal is the word I was looking for about social injustice um, and things like that. And, he just seems like an awesome guy. I've seen interviews with him on Joe Rogan's podcast and stuff like that. And like just an awesome, cool, normal dude who in the co- comedian world 
is like one of the most respected comedians in history. All, I've only ever heard of his peers and his colleagues saying good things about him. But yeah, that show is just light years above anything that I had ever seen. And it's definitely, like I said, the funniest show I've ever watched. Lauren, were you ever a fan of Chappelle's show? I was going to say, I, I unfortunately never saw it. Um, I have not seen any of Dave Chappelle's specials. Um, I know who he is. I I just have never Do seen yourself a favor. Any of his material. Watch them. It, it, it doesn't matter. I, I, I'm not even going to spit out, like, this one you have to watch. Just go on Netflix and watch Pick one. Like, they're, they're okay. just so funny. Right. Yeah, I mean, Joe Rogan told a story about how Rogan was pretty much on call for Chappelle's tour last year, where Chappelle would call him, and within 24 hours notice, Rogan had to go to where Chappelle was to open up for him. And he's like, he was trying to explain how crazy that is. He's like, because comedians have dates booked. He's like, not Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle is the guy in the war in the comedy world that can call LA the say the Staples Center where the Lakers play and be like, hey, do you have anything tomorrow? No, I'm gonna do a show with it. I'll I'm gonna play a show here and Pop would sell it out instantly. Like he has the power and the ability to do that. So even people of Joe Rogan's stature who were, you know, stand-up comedians, not the top peak, but he's a huge media personality with his podcast and he stuff. He probably is. Yeah. They even even someone of his stature will do whatever he can to work with Dave. And uh, it's just crazy. It's just he's he's a genius, and I think we forgot about that for a while after Chappelle's show went off the air. And I'm glad that that is back. That he is back because you man. you heard the story in the media recently about how how the Chappelle show came back. Correct. What do you mean? What so? So his issue with Viacom and Netflix and everything? He wasn't getting paid for yeah, so, them so streaming because, because he walked out on the show, yeah. uh, he be- he essentially uh, violated his contract and never got paid for the show, um, or at least the final season. And and probably... Vi- sorry. Vi- Viacom ended up selling the show to Netflix, yeah. and it was, it was Netflix and it was something else, because it was streaming on two different platforms. It was Prime. Something like that. Yeah. And um, he basically went on stage and he said, you know, the reason why I do business with Netflix, the reason why I love Netflix is because they're real. And when I found out they had the Chappelle show, I went to them and I said, I don't like this. I don't want you guys streaming this. And they said, no problem, Dave, we won't. Like, if you don't if you don't want us to, we won't. And he the other platform, which I, again, I don't remember what the platform is. It might have been um, Amazon Prime, but I'm not sure on that. Um, the other platform would not take it down. And so he basically went to the fans and he said, I'm asking you guys not to watch this. And the reason for it is because I didn't get paid. And he went into detail about what had happened and why he felt like he was wronged. And he was very upfront about saying, I violated the contract. I know I violated the contract. But he was very upfront as to why he still felt like he was owed the money. And uh, it took about two to three weeks before Viacom contacted him and they settled up the contract and he finally got paid. And now Netflix is streaming the Chappelle show again. So I did hear that story. I just wasn't sure if that's the one you were talking about, but yeah, I mean, he, the issue was, yeah, he walked off. So he gave up all his royalties. 
And his side of it was like, you know, you don't have the ability to sell this show. One of the most successful shows in your channel, Comedy Central's history. I brought you millions of viewers, millions of dollars. You don't have the opportunity to sell this show if it's not for me. Right. If, 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 I mean, there might be a handful of other com- comedians that could have done that, especially at the time. But like, and yeah, the fans, I remember saying that fans like hashtagged, you know what I mean? Like whatever the hashtag was, like support Chappelle or whatever it was. And yeah, you ended up getting cut back in and paid again yeah. for it. Which is awesome. It's crazy how much fan involvement has, I don't want to say changed, but become a thing. Absolutely. So I know we're not at that point of the show yet, but one of the things that I'm geeking out on is, I've mentioned it before, is a show called Winona Earp. And the show has a long history of just crazy supportive fans. And uh, the show actually, before the fourth season, um, ran into funding issues. So it wasn't going to have a fourth season. And the fans did a huge, like, um, they did a whole bunch on Twitter. They did a whole bunch. Um, they bought billboards in Times Square. Like, this is just stuff that fans did, and they brought the show back. And, I mean, like... Hashtags like Save Lucifer, like Lucifer's now on Netflix, and just in general, fan involvement is so huge. And like to me, it's crazy. Like I'm, I'm looking at the Winona Earp side of things currently, while you guys are talking about this guy didn't get paid, and he got paid because his fans went crazy. Like it's, it's just crazy to me how how useful of a tool the internet has become for things that it was never meant to do. You're, you're hundred percent right. And I mean, and to echo that it's, we, you know, we put it in context as far as shows, cause that's where our topic is for the episode. Um, but I'm a, I'm a firm believer of, you know, the reason why um, consumerism is so popular in the United States is because money is your voice. Um, whether we like it or not, that was a ruling mm-hmm. by the Supreme court. So, uh, people need to understand that and the power that that brings, because at the end of the day, it you know these these large companies are counting on the fact that you are more lazy than you are steadfast in your beliefs. So going to the store up the street because you're too lazy to go five more minutes, you know, and support the the local place. Um, you know, a prime example of this, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but I've been getting horrible customer service from Dunkin' Donuts for the last like two years. You know, me and my wife are huge coffee fans. And usually if we leave the house to go anywhere, we're going to stop and get coffee on the way. And the Dunkin' Mm -hmm. Donuts, um, both, you know, up the street from my house and around the corner on Elm Grove is just atrocious when it comes to customer service. Absolutely awful. And we finally got so sick of it. We're like, you know what? Screw it. We're going to drive down the street. We're going to go to Starbucks because they're nice. And they, they, they are nice to you. That's it. They're nice to you. I don't even like their coffee as much. They're just nice to you. And my dollar is my voice. And if, if Dunkin' Donuts isn't going to do shit about it because we have complained, then we'll go to Starbucks instead. I feel yep. the same way about Walmart. I don't shop at Walmart anymore. Um, and it's you're shopping local, supporting your neighbor who's putting all their, their money and their heart into the, the business that they're opening and it's not just another location, you know, at the big box store. And, you know, you can't always do that, but 
you got to do that as much as you can. And if you hear about a company that's got, you know, priorities, I don't, I don't give a, a shit how amazing the chicken is at Chick-fil-A. I'm not shopping there. I'm not, I'm not giving them my money because they feel the need to be heavily involved in politics and, and human rights as a chicken store. Like it's just ridiculous. And um, I think consumers need to really exercise that because that's one of the big rights we have in America is the ability to use the consumerism to our advantage. So I just want to say, um, I had something for what Lauren said, but I forgot it after your, I just, sorry. I, 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 I agree. Tangent political, I agree sorry. With the soapbox that you're on. I would just point out that I think it's extremely funny that and when you didn't want to go to Dunkin' Donuts, instead of taking advantage of the best coffee shop in Rochester, Leaf and Bean, which is house, or another local business, Jitters. And no, decide, Pure Imagination Cafe, you're missing it, guys. Just <laughs> get to Dunkin' Donuts by going to Starbucks to support the small business. All That's three of those places. All three of those places are amazing and better than Starbucks. Uh, I will say I absolutely love Leaf and Bean, and I go there as often as I can. I I actually consider them more of like a treat because of how good they are. Plus, they are always mobbed. He need yeah. he needs to do his his customers uh, a, a service and open a second location. That's what he needs to do. Yeah, I mean you can go to Jitters. No one's ever there. Still local. True. I also go to Leaf and Bean for food. Like, if I'm just going to get coffee, yeah. that's different. Yeah, I mean, Leaf and Bean's But yeah, I, I go to the West Side. I just thought it was a funny story because you're like, yeah. And I said, screw <laughs> big business and Dunkin' Donuts. I'm going to Starbucks. And I'm like, wait. You're, you're 100 <laughs> Even bigger <laughs> business. Pure, pure imagination uh, needs a drive through That's what they need. Yeah, a lot of these places do, honestly. A lot. Leaf and Bean could use a drive through Jitters could use a drive through It's just... Jitters got robbed the other day. Small. Did you hear that? What? Jitters got broken into the other day. I did see that. But yeah, yeah, on uh, the night of the huge snowstorm. But I don't. Jesus. I'm all about small business. I'm wearing a Pizza Land shirt, which is the best pizza you'll ever have. But the the one we go to is in Leroy. Um, I'm all about supporting local. So, yes, do definitely support local. Um, I think that now is usually the typical time where we uh, get into what we're geeking out on. I'm going to start. Um, I Man, I was in the hospital two weeks ago or a week ago or whatever, and, and when I go to the hospital, I, I read a lot. So I've been reading a lot of books. Uh, I read an entire biography about two of my favorite wrestlers, The Young Bucks. That was like 350 pages, and I read that in like four days. Um, and I also obsess over things. Bob, I think it was Bob. Let me borrow a book over 10 years ago called No Angel. It's about Jay Dobbins. Um, and I started that Monday, and I am over halfway through that book. Um, so is I've it, just, Is that my book? It, it's mine now. But yeah. Um, <laughs> Fair 10 enough. years. If That's been, coming long. It, if it's been that long, it's your book. Yeah. <laughs> plus, like, I don't know if you ever watched Seinfeld, but it's marked. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I've just been reading... <laughs> A ton, and I jokingly said to my wife, like, I just feel smarter when I read. Um, I don't know why, but I do, and I enjoy reading, and it's something that I often put off to because watching TV is easier or something like that. Um, so I've really been on a big reading kick, and I've read almost two books in 
in about a week. So um, if anyone has good book suggestions, you know, send them over to Don't Forget a Towel, and we'll, we'll, we will read them, I guess. But yeah, that's what I'm geeking out on. Reading, we watched that Cecil Hotel documentary on Netflix, um, which I thought was okay. And Shit's Creek. Almost done with Shit's Creek. Lauren, what are you geeking out on? I'm geeking out on a bunch of stuff right now. Well, not really. That's a lie. But a few things. Um, <clears throat> I already mentioned Winona Earp. Totally obsessed with it. Um, I've watched it a few times. I finally convinced Dana to watch it. Uh, she is obsessed with some people in the show <laughs> more than the show itself. Um, it's, I know you guys aren't familiar with it because I've mentioned it in the past and you kind of were like, this is weird, but, um, I honestly think you guys might enjoy it. Um, it is based off of a comic book written by Bo Smith, um, which actually I very much think that these may be the first comic books that I go out and buy, um, which is saying a lot. Uh, yeah, you guys are very upset by that, that it hasn't been any of the other ones you guys have talked about. But anyways, um, to put this into perspective, um, Dana and I are supposed to go to Hawaii in June. This is a vacation that has been pushed off because of COVID. We were actually supposed to leave March 15th last year, which is when literally the world shut down. So it's all going to depend on the state of the world and everything. So nobody get mad at me for trying to plan a vacation. Um, but on that vacation, we are looking into actually getting married. So that's like the importance of this trip. Uh, we were looking about trying to postpone that trip by a few days because there was supposed to be a Winona Earp convention in Anaheim the weekend we were leaving for Hawaii. So we were going to go a few days earlier to this convention in Anaheim. Since been postponed to next year. Uh, but anyways, so Winona Earp, if you haven't seen it, Check it out. First three seasons are on Netflix. Uh, first or the fourth season, the first half is out on Sci-Fi. The second half starts this Friday, or Friday, March fifth, whenever this comes out. Um, they did actually just come out and say that Sci-Fi is not not doing a fifth season. Um, so it's already been funded. They just need a platform to release it. So they're back on Twitter and all that good stuff. But you guys are bored now, so I'll move on. Um, my other thing that I'm geeking out on is truly geeky. Um, I have become uh, obsessed with Critical Role, which you guys familiar with Crit- Critical Role? Yes, ma'am. No. Uh, so Crit- Critical Role, um, I watch it on YouTube. It's basically um, a bunch of voice actors who get together and play D&D together. And so it's just a YouTube stream of them. Um, I tried to watch the first, uh, like their, their first campaign and I got a little lost. It sounded like they had already been playing these characters and were referring to old, um, battles and stuff like that. So I kind of gave up and I went on to the second, um, campaign and that's where I am. I'm already on the fourth episode and each episode is like three and a half hours long. Um, yeah, it's their whole night. Like, this is what they do. But it's it's people you've heard a million times over, and you just, 
like it, it's funny to listen to them because they are professionally voice actors so they get into it and they have voices for each character and the guy who's the dm is just fantastic at what he does because again he's a voice actor but anyways uh critical role love it like i said i'm only on episode four and there's like hundreds of episodes so it is quite the investment but i'm excited to keep going with that um i i was lucky enough this will be my last geeky thing um i happened to be on a website the other day browsing around just uh my usual checking out their deal of the day and i happened to be on there when they dropped playstations by the luck of the draw, I was not on there to get a PlayStation, and I didn't get one, but I was successful enough to get one in my cart, so now I am one step closer to that coveted PS5. Um, so hopefully I can join Casey in that soon. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I haven't even... Sorry, only seen, that was a lot. I've only seen a PlayStation 5. I don't think I'll get one for a while. My buddy has one, so I've seen it. Looks awesome. I'll be jealous if you get one. But I basically was one of those people who was like, I'm not going to get it until they release a second gen of it. Um, and then at this point in time, they're so hard to get that the second gen is just years away at this point. So I probably can't wait that long. And like I said, I wasn't on the website to buy one. I just, the button was there. And I was like, this is weird. The button's never here. Click. It went directly to my cart, and I was like, okay, I, I have to buy it now. And by the time, <laughs> like, by the time that I went to actually, like, check out, it was like, oh, sorry, we don't have any left. But yeah. now that it's in my cart, like, I feel like I have to pay attention to when this specific store drops them. Because once you get to the checkout screen, like, that's what you have to get through. So now that it's in my cart and my stuff's already in there, it's literally just, like, one click, and I have one. Nice. So I'm like, I, got, I have to pay attention now. Well, keep us uh, up to date in your adventures. I for what, sure will. What are you geeking out on, Bob? So before I get into what I'm geeking out on, Lauren, I'm going to send you some videos. Uh, if you're not a fan of D&D, um, but you like fantasy in general... Uh, definitely check out on YouTube. The, and they're, they're like mini movies. Um, Will Wheaton runs a D&D game called Titan's Grave. It's 16 episodes. It was crowdfunded. They have some really cool um, videos and stuff mixed into the D&D play. So it's a little more movie-esque. It's, it really is amazing. And kind of what got me into D&D was watching this uh, Titan's Grave. So I'll send you that. And if you get like, if you like that, you like something, those episodes are about a half an hour. Um, if you like the three-hour episodes, um, Geeks, Geek and Sundry doesn't do does another one called Pathfinder Knights of Everflame, which is another really cool D and D one. If you like watching it on YouTube, so definitely check those out, and I will send both of those well, this, to you tomorrow. This is Geeks of Sundry, right? Yeah, this Critical is. Role? Yep. I'm literally is, pointing to my monitor where it is paused behind right. the monitor that I'm doing <laughs> this podcast on. Yeah, this is another one that they did. The difference is, is that this isn't D and D like Dungeons and Dragons. It's Pathfinder, but it's essentially the mm -hmm. same thing. It's an RPG uh, based uh, role playing game. So, anyway, um, what I'm geeking out on, um, I've actually gotten really into. Uh, we just recently got our basement redone, and I had to do some, um, you know, after contractor type projects. So. I've gotten a little bit back into woodworking. I got my garage all cleaned up and I've been out there kind of toying around with stuff and building a few things. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, 
on the on the official like geek geek end, um, I'm currently reading the newest uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles storyline, The Last Ronin, which is absolutely amazing and probably one of the most pivotal uh, uh, TMNT storylines we've had in quite a long time. If yeah. you haven't read it, I strongly recommend checking that out. Um, I've already mentioned that I'm doing the uh, Maestro, the the Hulk uh, storyline as well, which I really like. Um, outside of that, uh, just kind of uh, like I said, general general building and uh, hanging out with the kids now that we're homeschooling still for the full year that we've been homeschooling. So I'm pretty sure I'm a certified teacher at this point. I don't know how I submit to get that. Is that like a yes, mail in thing? Year. They One get... year gets that. Yeah. So as as a daughter of two teachers, I will say one yeah. year definitely. One one year I have I, I can tell you for sure that in my household I have tenure. So Ah, okay. So the kids are coming back next year? No. Well, God, you will, God no. Uh, I'm re- I'm retiring. I am retiring <laughs> from teaching. Retiring with tenure. Um yeah. Bob, I will say real fast. Um in response to my obsession with critical role and your suggestion of other things, I hope you're writing over there. You know, honestly, and God, I hope Casey's not listening to this when he edits it. Um, I, (laughs) I have been so preoccupied with other things going on right now that I haven't written in a while. I do. I have, I have a, a ongoing um, star Wars kind of like RPG game that I've, I play around with a little bit, so I'm doing some writing there, but I haven't really sat down and done any significant writing in quite some time. Um, even though certain geeks that you know that will remain nameless have been pushing me to write something, um, I, I will, you know, once, once things calm down a little bit, um, I will get back into that for sure because, I mean, writing is not something that I'm ever going to be putting down, so... I don't think I'm one of those geeks because I haven't pushed you, but be prepared. Um, yeah, I I, de- I am definitely missing this, and uh, I'm glad that I made that Star Wars character. And <laughs> my whole sheet got erased, and then I never went back and made a new one. So I'm like, I'm like uh, boycotting the Star Wars one. I want my, <laughs> I want my my Frost back, my character. So. All right. Well, that all sounds like some fun, geeky stuff. Um, as always, we got to sign off and remind everyone where they can catch our podcasts or communicate with us. Do you want to remind them, Bob? Uh, yeah, check out our podcast on uh, don'tforgettotowel.com. Um, we got a huge website launch soon. Um, I don't want to give out any spoilers, but we're going to have some merch soon. So I'm pretty excited about that. And um, don't forget to check out some of the other podcasts on the network, uh, Critical Mass, Gutsy Media Podcast, Towel Light Talk. Uh, if you like hearing about geeky stuff, I mean, definitely check out any one of those. Yeah. And uh, they can follow on Twitter and Instagram at, what is it, at DFAT or at Don't Forget a Towel? Um, that's a good question. That's a, that's a Casey question. Casey, well, either way, he can edit that out. Um, but yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Definitely check out those other podcasts. They're on Stitcher and iTunes as well. So 
You guys can catch them on there or wherever you get your geeky podcasts. But I'm Dave saying thanks for listening. Um, Lauren and Bob, thanks for coming on and having this chat. Uh, that that's it that's it that's all i got all right thanks yeah. guys lauren signing off saying stay geekly and uh geek out with something yeah. have fun guys till next time <laughs>